Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,143. I like to live by the idea that we need to listen to other people's stories. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Amanda Gutierrez. Hey, Amanda, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm always ready to go. Absolutely. Amanda Gutierrez is the vice president for the automotive restoration at McPherson College, offering the only accredited bachelor's degree in historic automotive restoration in the United States. Amanda leads the team in strategic planning, fundraising, promotions, academics, and career services. Her work takes her around the world and the country, in that case, engaging with car collectors, restoration specialists, and industry leaders. In 2012, Amanda led the effort to create a strategic plan for the program, engaging automotive experts, alumni, faculty, and administration. The result was a vision to compete at the Pebble Beach Concours with a car restored by students. Amanda is a neophyte car enthusiast who highlights so far, including racing a 1963 Corvette in a regional run what you brung drag race, accepting the 2015 International Historic Motoring Award Industry Supporter of the Year in London on behalf of the college and driving a 1953 Hughes Kircher Special recently in the Colorado Grand. What fun. So Amanda, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles and preserving their history? I'm lucky enough in my job, as you mentioned, to get to travel around to a lot of automotive events all over the country representing McPherson College, and most importantly, representing our students and their interest in the automotive endeavor. And uh, it's great. I grew up around motorcycles on the back of my dad's Honda Goldwing and riding my own motorcycles in our backyard and on tracks in the neighborhood and found myself in this position getting to work with young people who love motorcycles and cars and getting to connect them with their passions and turning that into a career. You know, I love what is happening and I've mentioned this on cars, yeah, quite often McPherson College. Uh, and I, I learned from Amanda this morning, I've been saying it wrong all these years and I feel terrible. It's a McPherson, not McPherson. Uh, so I have been corrected, but uh, I, I was invited by Amanda to be at a wonderful breakfast during Car Week, Pebble Beach Car Week, uh, with some very, very cool people in, in this beautiful home on 17 Mile Drive. And get, I got to listen to some of your students, and I was just blown away and impressed with these, uh, these young people that you have at this, uh, this college of yours and really what they're doing to further the cause here. Uh, and I'm really appreciative of that. And we're going to learn a lot more about you, the college, and your students as we go through this journey that uh, we'll call your life. But first, I'm going to ask you for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been important in your life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Amanda, take the wheel. Well, I don't really have a specific inspirational quote, but I will say that I like to live by the idea that we need to listen to other people's stories. Mm. And I use that not only in my my personal life, but also in my work. That grew out of uh, an experience with my kids. Right now, they're 18 and 14. But when they were little, I'm a bit of an assertive driver. 
And uh, <laughs> sometimes I get frustrated with other motorists who may not be going fast enough or they've somehow hindered my ability to move forward. I would listen to the words that were coming out of my mouth about those people. One day I decided I needed to change the framework for that. And so I said to my, my daughter who was sitting next to me, I said, well, you know what? I don't know their story. Maybe they're headed to the hospital because somebody they love has been injured. Or yeah. I, So we started creating stories for the people around us and um, trying to I understand that there are other perspectives that we need to listen to. And in my professional world, the way that works is that we hear often out in the automotive industry and hobby that young people aren't interested in old cars. Mm, and if those yeah. people would come to McPherson College, they would see that that is not true. So being able to let our students get out with car enthusiasts and hear their stories and their experiences, yeah. and likewise for those people to hear how the young people are entering into this world and where their experiences are, and that they share, even if they like different marks of cars, that enthusiasm and love of the automobile is very is very important to them, and it can be shared through stories, and, and our relationships can be enriched through hearing hearing what other people have to say. Your words here touch me very deeply in a couple of ways. One is I just watched a great uh, recording on YouTube of Mikhail Haggerty of Haggerty Insurance Company, and I know his involvement and his company's involvement with uh, helping young people is so strong. And he talked about the importance of being good storytellers. And I'll tell you something funny real quickly here, Amanda. My listeners have to put up with some of these things, but this was a good one. My wife was very frustrated one morning. My son and my daughter were with her when they were quite young. They're grown up and adults now. And when they got home, my son ran in. He was probably about five years old. So he goes, Dad, Dad, Mom called somebody's a horse's patootie. And of course, she was trying to refrain from using the wrong words in front of the children. And I said, well, what's a horse's patootie? And he said, I don't know, but it's not good. The <laughs> <laughs> words of babes. That's right. But, uh, they have a way of holding us in check. I think so. But, you know, uh, I just had lunch yesterday with a friend of mine, Brian, and we had this very same discussion about putting ourselves in other people's positions and trying to un understand and be a little more, I don't know, patient with people, especially on the roadways, those of us who like to drive a little more spirited, perhaps, and in the left lane, because we feel like we know <laughs> what we're doing. Uh, yeah, sometimes putting people uh, or helping people realize people, they might be in a different position, giving yourself that paradigm shift on people because you just don't know what they're going through. But I'll tell you, the morning at the breakfast that you invited me to, those students that stood up and spoke about the, their experiences at McPherson, absolutely brilliant. I mean, sharp young people, and it just, it just made me feel good about the future of the car hobby. I think it's fantastic. Good. I'm glad to hear that. We, we have these preconceived notions about this generation of young people, they're entitled, that they don't work hard, that they're lazy. That, uh, we have so many misconceptions out there mm -hmm. about them. And yeah. so you were able to see some examples of those students and of that generation and to recognize that there are a lot of great qualities this generation brings to us. Absolutely. And, and I love that part of my job is getting to share those students out in the industry with people and let them meet them and, and see those qualities. And actually, I met a couple of those students while I was at the Pebble Beach tour this year, and I'm going to have them on the show here so we can expand their perception, their view on McPherson and the car hobby and what they want to do in the future. So I look forward to sharing that with my listeners. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. You talked a little bit about riding on the back of your dad's motorcycle, and I know uh, you shared a story with me that your dad always said, do not get on the back of a motorcycle with a young man. <laughs> Uh, that's not a good idea. I think I had the same word for my daughter. 
but tell us a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were going to be a car gal. I think that the moment happened for me because I was around mostly dirt bikes when I was a kid. My brother was a motocross racer and I had my own three-wheeler that I would ride around in our backyard in a track my dad had built. I think that that was a really impactful part of my childhood. I spent time in the shop with the mechanics. They threw birthday parties for me. And and so it was just a really good environment for me to grow up in. But I wasn't really encouraged to learn much about the motorcycles. So I enjoyed them, but I didn't learn any of the technical side of it. And so you fast forward many, many years uh, to working at McPherson College. And I, I was in a different position here. But there was something that was really that connected with me when I was over in our automotive restoration education building. And I think it took me back to those sounds and smells of the, what I remembered as motorcycles, but in this instance, it was in cars. And as I got to know those students, I started recognizing all of these great qualities they had. They can fix anything. They can solve problems. They have a, a larger understanding of how things work. And that really was the moment that I recognized I wasn't in the right place at McPherson College, that my work and my skills would would mesh really well over there with uh, the automotive restoration program and, and taking my professional skills and then connecting that to something that just so innately felt like a part of who I was. Yeah. Well, real quickly, let our listeners know, because McPherson is not just automotive restoration. The school is much more than that. Can you give us a little quick uh, walkthrough of, of- kind of a general overview of the college? So McPherson College is a private liberal arts college. We're in the middle of Kansas. A lot of people kind of wonder, where is McPherson? We're, <laughs> we're almost smack dab in the middle of Kansas in a town of about 14,000. And the college offers majors just like any other college would. So we have the sciences, we have the humanities, we have graphic arts, visual arts, performing arts, business, all of those courses that all of those majors that other higher ed institutions offer. We just happen to have this niche program that is historic automotive restoration. The beauty of our degree is that we incorporate all of those other areas of campus into the education of a student. So there's the technical component of learning how to restore a car, but then it's also informed by understanding the cultural and societal impact of the automobile and trying to really create a much more rounded version of how we approach an automobile rather than just something to fix or paint or to do work on. And so our students take courses, obviously, in their major of automotive restoration, but they're also taking business classes, communication classes. And we just feel like that really creates a well-rounded graduate who's prepared not only for a successful life and career, but a long career that gives them tools to be able to adapt as they need to over their lifetime. Oh, it's brilliant. I'll tell you, I've had lots and lots of guests on the show who are restoration experts. They're designers, they're builders, and they have their craft down, but they they really struggle with the business side. So it's uh-huh. so so good that you're you're teaching your students the business and the communication side so that they can be well-rounded in their business because any kind of business in automotive restoration is really a business and you've got to uh-huh. be able to... <laughs> have those other skill sets to make it successful. And I've just heard so many people that struggled and struggled with that until they reached out and got help or they realized I've got to learn something about the business side of this. I'm not going to make it. 
Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down, talk about a big challenge or even a big failure along the way in your career. These are wonderful learning lessons, long as we learn or fail forward, I like to say. Tell us how one of those experiences helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career. Well, I, I see failures, as many of us do, as opportunities to learn. So it's, it's kind of an ongoing process for me. I never am satisfied with what we're doing or the way we're doing it. I'm looking for ways to make things better. And I would say one of the big turning points, though, for us as a program and me personally, was getting to the point where I understood that sometimes we have to say no. And we were wanting so badly to be great that we were taking on every opportunity that was presented to us, whether it was a good match or not, whether it fit with where we were headed or not. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the aha moment for me was when I realized we can't be everything to everybody. Let's pick what we're going to be. Let's move toward that vision. And all of our decisions will be based on that. And so I was very lucky because I have a wonderful advisory board and a wonderful leader in our president of the college that we got together and, and we really tried to tackle how do we take these great possibilities that are in front of us and make them into a, a mission and direction with the outcomes we want for our students? That was it. I think I, I like to make people happy. And I think yeah. it's really important to understand how to make those decisions where sometimes you say no and someone may not be pleased with that. But, but we're headed somewhere and we want people to get on board with that and we want to be excellent at it. And we weren't being great at anything because we were trying to do too many things. Yeah, that, that last sentence you just shared is the golden nugget in all of this is you need to really have your focus down. And yeah, there's plenty of shiny objects that come our way. The squirrel syndrome, I like to mm -hmm. call it. Oh, there's another one. Let's do that. Let's do that. And pretty soon you're like a dog running through a park and you have no idea where you're going except uh, in circles. So uh, I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, it's important to know what to say no to. And you can't know what to say no to if you don't know what your focus is. So really bear down on that as you move forward in whatever you're doing in life. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share kind of a big career aha moment for you or something for the school that really helped you guys move forward and tell us how the, or what were the steps you turned that aha moment into a big success? I was working as the vice president for advancement at the college, overseeing the marketing, fundraising, and alumni career services components uh, of the college operations. Mm -hmm. And one of the positions that reported to me did some promotions for automotive restoration. And when he moved on from that position, I got recruited to go to the Pebble Beach Concour. I had worked at the college for one month. I had never been to a car show. And Whoa. so Pebble <laughs> Beach was my first experience. Whoa, what a first experience. My, talk about thrown right into the fire. My goodness. It was pretty overwhelming. I think I needed to sleep for a week after I got back from that. Yes. And we went to Pebble Beach and, and I realized that I knew nothing about the automotive industry. I was not aware of how broad it was. I was not aware of how much that history was still alive and those old cars were still being driven and raced and shown and cared for. Yeah. And it really was a moment when I thought about our auto restoration program and recognized how many opportunities there were for our students in this world. And we didn't have the right system in place to make sure our students were out there and being connected. And so my aha moment was when 
I saw that there needed to be a better connection between McPherson College and our students and the automotive industry, particularly related to classic cars. And I came back from that. It was the president of the college and myself were there. And he he was a new president, but he'd been working at the college for some time. And he and I started scheming around, you know, how do we make this work? What's our pathway to do this? And the aha moment came when we realized we needed somebody to be leading all of these efforts across campus, not just one person doing promotions and someone else doing admissions, but we needed someone who would provide the leadership for that and coordinate all of those efforts in a way that they were effective. At that moment at Pebble Beach, when I I believe it was when I was standing at an unveiling of a new Jaguar, and it just kind of clicked with me that we had great opportunities for young people who love cars and we need to figure out how to make that work. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, that event is spectacular. And then did you have a chance to get out to the racetrack? We did. We did. (laughs) There's a whole nother world out there of opportunities for students with restoration, fabrication, um, you know, taking care of these cars for people who race them. It's, it's a huge, huge opportunity for so many people. And I think a lot of, Young people don't realize that it's out there and that it's happening. And there's, it's a, it's, it's a big industry and you can really make a mark. And, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. So wonderful. Well, so glad you got that opportunity. That is the car show of the world, of the, of the world, really. It is. And I'm so proud of the work that our faculty do. I, I get to go to a lot of these events and I, I do take faculty and students with me often. But the work that our faculty are doing here on campus are preparing those students for a variety of careers. And so now we go to Pebble Beach and we have we take a group photo every year on the field with a car usually restored by one of our students or one of, or one of our graduates, or they've had a hand in it. And we'll have 40 people in that photo. And it will be students who are out there on internships, alumni who are working in the industry, and some of our advisory board members. And it just reminds me that this path we were on was the right one, because we're seeing the impact now out in the industry that you can walk the field at Pebble Beach, and every 20 yards there's some connection to McPherson College. And that's just, that really pleases me because I think that the work our faculty are doing um, to create these opportunities for students to get them prepared for those kinds of jobs, whether it's working on a car, representing a company, working as an auction specialist, we just, we see our graduates everywhere. And I think that's really important to keeping this industry alive and making sure that there's another generation to carry on all of our automotive love. Absolutely. Just spectacular work, what you folks are doing there. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. Is there one in your memory banks that you could share a little something about? Well, Mark, I'm a little odd because I don't have a first really special car. I have a first really special motorcycle. That's okay. I've had a few guests like that. So what was yours? Well, mine was a 1976 Honda MR50. So a little motorcycle because I was a little kid. I still have that motorcycle, but it was one that uh, we used it. My brother used it as a pit bike when he was motocross racing. And of course, I was his employee and I would scrape all the mud off of his motorcycle (laughs) while he would take mine around and go visit his friends. That motorcycle, it was the first two-wheeled motorcycle I learned to drive. It was also one that we'd pull it out at my birthday parties and give kids rides on it. It was just such a fun, well-used motorcycle. And uh, it's one that we have pictures of me. 
I was partial to dresses and not jeans when I was a kid, which is kind of <laughs> unusual. So they have pictures of me in dresses riding my motorcycle uh, over whoop de doos and going oh my about hairpin. Yes, yeah, so that was <laughs> kind of my thing. Was I was girly, but I loved to ride motorcycles. And that's cool. Yeah, I wish I still had my first bike. It was a Honda Trail seventy that my oh, parents yeah, bought that. me. Yeah, when I was a kid, and uh, yeah, I wish I still had it. Boy, when I see him, I just get a big smile on my face. Was there a vehicle you've owned and sold that you wish you had back? Kind of a little bit of a seller's remorse story. Well, interestingly, that's a motorcycle too. Of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, bought a, I bought a Harley Davidson in uh, 2000 and a brand new Sportster 1200. And I had never owned my own street bike at that point. It was, it was always dirt bikes that I had or I rode on the back of my dad's motorcycle. And so I was so excited to have my own street bike. About two months later... I found out that I was going to be a mom. And oh, wow. so I didn't ride my motorcycle. And then I was home with ki- with a baby and didn't ride my motorcycle. And yeah, about yeah. the time it got to the point where I could probably have some freedom with that, we found out I was going to be a mom again. Again. And yep. So there you go. Second it was, round. <laughs> it was so discouraging pulling into the garage with my in my minivan <laughs> and uh-oh, seeing, you know, uh-oh. seeing my Harley <laughs> sitting there. Yeah. Well, so I decided to sell it. And the reason I regret that is because because it was my first adult motorcycle, I guess. And, yeah. and I'd buy something different now, but I kind of wish I would have kept that one around. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Tell us what has you and the folks there at McPherson College excited and fired up right now. What are some of the things you guys are working on for the end of this year, next year? Okay. We have a couple of really great projects that I think we're working on. One of them is a 1971 Corvette, and we're restoring that to the NCRS standards. That's been such a great learning opportunity for our students because those standards are really particular. The cotter pin has to go in the right direction. The numbers have to be painted on it exactly the way they came from the factory. And there's so many details, even places where they they want overspray because that's how it would have been originally manufactured. And so we're lucky we have advisors that come in and judge the work as we're going along and provide us advice. And that's been a really great project for us to have. But I have to say the one that is our flagship restoration project that we're working on right now, and you alluded to it a little bit in my introduction, we have a 1953 Mercedes-Benz 300S Cabriolet. And our goal with that automobile is to have students restore it and to take it to Pebble Beach to compete. That is a bold and terrifying vision for us, but, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's, but it is one that I think will speak to the quality of the education students get here, as well as those other components that play into our degree, because they have to understand the history. They have to be able to communicate about the project. They have to learn the teamwork. They're having to manage parts inventory and ordering of parts and all of those various components that are about working on the car, but they're also more than that. That's going to be a great project for us. And it's all in pieces right now, not much to look at, but we're excited about it because we have a lot of great partners in the industry who are advising us, helping us us with resources. And it's going to be a beauty when it's done. I have no doubt. Cannot wait to see that on the lawn at a future Pebble Beach Concord. I have no doubt it's going to be out there, too. So, ah, brilliant. I love this. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Amanda. If you woke up tomorrow morning and you were in a garage and you were a car or a motorcycle, what would you be and why? Well, I think there's a car that I'm always drawn to, 
And I think that this is the car that I would be. And it would be an early 50s MGTD. I like the lines of the car. I think it's classic. I think it's stylish without being flamboyant. And I think it just looks like a fun car to go on a journey with. Yeah, my dad had a, a TC growing up when I was a kid, a 49. And then later in his life, he had a TD. They're a little nicer to drive, a little easier to drive. And I took a picture. I'm going to send it to you in an email of a beautiful red one, which was like my dad's. He called his the Red Rooster that I saw at the Ironstone Concours when I was there in Murphy's, California. And it was just a beautiful car, beautiful setting with a whole row of Jaguar E-types behind it. Uh, kind of lined up there. So I kind of looked at that picture as the the little TD wanting to be a big, bold Jaguar, <laughs> looking at his brethren from the British uh, car manufacturers there. I thought that was pretty cool. Well, Amanda, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Amanda, we're back and we're entering what I call the last lap, the lightning round. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? If you don't know, don't act like you do and ask somebody who does know. Ah, yes, please. Brilliant, brilliant. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes over the years? I try very hard to be authentic in everything I do. I don't know if that's really a habit or not, but I've found it to be a best practice for me, and I encourage our students to do the same thing, that it kind of goes back to the idea of we all have our story, and I think if we try to be something we're not, that we're diminishing not only ourselves, but the relationships we have. Be yourself, yes. 
Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, it's not really a resource, but it is something that I think would be a great way for them to connect with what we're doing here at McPherson College. And that would be through Facebook or Instagram, following the McPherson College Automotive Restoration Program. We post a lot of student projects, things that are going on in the classroom. And we have a lot of followers who really enjoy seeing what these young people are doing. I'll make sure I put links to those on Amanda's show notes page here on the Cars yeah website. You can go to CarsYeah.com, click on those on her show notes page, and uh, you'll you'll get connected right away. Great to follow what they're doing there at McPherson College. Now, if I could wave my magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? I would pick Phil Hill. Phil was one of those legendary people who not only was a great restorer, a great driver, a great writer, but from everything I've heard about him from other people, he was just a great person to be around. And I think about the stories he could tell, and I would love to just sit down and have dinner or a drink with him and hear about his life experiences. Oh, yeah. Derek, his son, has been a guest here on Cars, yeah. And I did get to have lunch with Phil once when I was racing with the Sovereign Group up here in the Pacific Northwest. Phil was the invited guest driver and uh, honored guest, of course. And I just lucked out to be at a table with him and to get to sit there and listen to him uh, tell stories. I have a great picture of him with my son and my race car. What a wonderful man. Uh, Everybody you meet, it's kind of like Dan Gurney as well, who we Mm -hmm. recently lost. Everyone has great things to say about Phil Hill. Wonderful guy. And his son, Derek, came out with an awesome series of books of his father's photographs. He shot in color back in the day in the 50s. And there's a wonderful uh, series of books you can find on Derek Shono's page of uh, his dad's photographs, which are spectacular, of the races he participated in and walked around in the world. Fantastic. Derek and Alma, Phil's wife, uh, were very instrumental in helping set up the Pebble Beach Company Phil Hill Scholarships at McPherson College. And so that benefits four students to help them pursue their education here on campus. And then we take them to Pebble Beach each year as well, where they get to be apprentice judges and go to the auctions and participate in all of those activities. And this year, we actually had students who were able to present two cars from Belgium in the preservation class. And so that all started with a relationship that we had with the Phil Hill family. And we're really grateful for that. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? I'm going to tell you one of the first books that I read was Go Like Hell by A.J. <laughs> Bain. Yep. And I loved it. And of course, one of the reasons I read it is because Phil Hill was in it. And I was learning more and more about him. But I just think that's a really fun inside look at at racing in that era and the battle to be the winner. Yeah, absolutely. AJ was a guest here on Cars, yeah. He talked a lot about that book. It's probably the second or third most recommended book here on Cars, yeah, from past guests. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Garth Stein's book, The Art of Racing in the Rain, has a clear winning uh, listing of people who've, who've enjoyed it. He's been a guest on the show as well. But AJ Bain's book, yeah. Incredible history, and, and AJ's written some spectacular books about history and all sorts of things, so uh, definitely worth checking him out. I'll remind our listeners, I'll put all these great resources Amanda has shared on her show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYow.com, type in Amanda Gutierrez, and that page will pop right up. All right, Amanda, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question, eh, it could be a little bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. But there's a couple rules. You've got to keep it, you've got to ride it, 
or drive it. (laughs) So I left that door open for a motorcycle. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. That little trick's off the table. I want you to enjoy it. But I'll buy you anything you want today. So what's it going to be? That's such a challenging question because of the parameters you put around it. And (laughs) I, uh, I was on the Colorado Grand in September. And so I was able to do a little window shopping while I was on Uh-oh. the tour, and um, <laughs> there were lots of lots of picks to make. But I have to say that there was one car that I found really interesting that I think would be fun to own, and it is a 1952 Allard J2X, and it has a neat story behind behind it with racing. And I just I love the look of that car when it's going down the road. They didn't let me drive it, so I don't know how it drives, but I think that would be a, a car that I would pick. You know, I think it's pretty appropriate you pick that car because those old Allards are in a way, kind of motorcyclish, if you will, uh, you know, with they've kind of big open wheels. I know they got fenders, but the wheels kind of stick out. So it's a little bit like a motorcycle, I think. I have had the pleasure of driving one and it's, it's a full on killer beast. I mean, it is a powerful car. The engines they had in those things were just monsters. Beautiful, beautiful cars. So I think that's a good kind of combination car motorcycle for you. Uh, and of course, you could put one of your kids in the passenger seat there and let them uh, scream and yell as you go down the hills <laughs> They'd love and it. up the hills. Yeah, on a drive. Very, very cool. Well, uh, Amanda, you have taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing McPherson College's uh, what they're doing there. What you guys are doing there is just so important, so spectacular. For those listeners that are not familiar with it, I'll make sure I put links to McPherson College. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the roadway in that 52 Allard J2X? <laughs> well, given that the people who listen to this podcast are car enthusiasts, I guess the piece of advice I would leave would be share your cars. Let's let young people hear them, see them, sit in them, take them for a ride, and really share your passion with younger people because they're not going to know about these cars if we're not willing to share about them. Oh, absolutely. I say that all the time. You know, if you have a neighbor with a kid and maybe your neighbor's not into cars and you are, offer to take their kid to a vintage race or a car show or mm-hmm. a concourse or even a cars and coffee. Let them eat a donut and walk around. A lot of these folks will let them jump in the car, sit in there, experience it. And if you're lucky enough to go to vintage races, sometimes you can even get rides or let your kids get a ride on the track. Uh, of course, not at speed. It'll be safe. But uh, my son has donned a helmet and jumped in a car many times. Uh, gone around racetracks, really, really fun stuff. So yeah, great way to say that. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and McPherson College? The best way would be to follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for McPherson College Automotive Restoration, and you'll find all kinds of fun pictures there, videos of experiences we have on campus and off. And of course, they can always contact me if they want to know more. Absolutely. And do me a favor, spell McPherson so that we get that right. Okay. It's capital M, small c, capital P, H E R S O N. McPherson, not McPherson. McPherson College. There we go. Well, listeners, again, you can find all these links on Amanda's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. I encourage you to think about uh, even finding a way to help McPherson College. There's uh, always ways to donate time, money, whatever you might do to help these young people carry on the hobby. Uh, get into a career path that they're passionate about. It's oh so important. Amanda, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share about McPherson College. Absolutely. Pleasure's been all mine. 
You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.